For the month of uh, February, I'm looking at this concept of the God who. Uh, Valerie, if you can go back to the first slide. Uh, many of you can see that this year hasn't been the greatest. A lot of things are going on, and right now we're dealing with the coronavirus, and people are dying, right? I just read today that in China, 86 people lost their lives, right? And, 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 and what do we look at? Do we look at the money in the bank account? Is that going to keep our, us alive? Do we look at our family members? Are they going to keep us alive? Is our job going to sustain us? I mean, what is it that we have that is going to sustain us? And, and I believe the second slide, if you can go to the second slide, I believe that the God who can is the one we should focus our attention on, right? And that means that our eyes are squarely focused on what God can do. And last Sabbath, we, we said, we talked about the God who rewards you, right? And then you, you ask yourself, the God who rewards me, how does that look like? Well, the fact is God is a reward himself. Uh, Sister Timmy, get, get, get this. The fact is God is a reward himself, Amen. right? The fact that you have God in your life makes all the difference, right? What that means is that if I don't have anything else in life, just that I have God, I have everything, right? But the beautiful thing about God is this. He is a reward that rewards, Amen. right? I preached that sermon already, so you got to go on YouTube and catch up, right? So let's go to the, to the second phase. Uh, third slide is the God who sees you. It's all right. Uh, the title today is the God who, who sees you. If you can help me edit that, I'll, I'll appreciate it. The God who sees you. Let, let us go to the word of God for a moment. In, in Genesis chapter 16, uh, and, and verse number one, uh, please kindly stand for the reading of the text. Genesis chapter 16, the God who sees you. Genesis chapter 16, kindly rise for the reading of the scripture. By the way, for this month, I'm just going to be in Genesis. I talked about Genesis 15 last week. This week is Genesis 16. Next week is Genesis 17 and then 18. And then we're just going to work around Genesis, right? I want you guys to understand Genesis a little bit. The God who sees you. The word of God says in Genesis 16, now Abram, now Sarai, Sarai before she was Sarah, Abram's wife before he was Abraham, bear him no children. I want that to sink in. She didn't have kids. And she had a handmaid, or she had a maid. We understand that here in Jakarta, people have maids. She had a maid, an Egyptian. She came from the land of Pharaoh, whose name was Hagar. Hagar means a stranger. <laughs> she was an Egyptian, and she was called a stranger, living in a strange country. That's, that's significant right there. Verse 2 says, And Sarai, who didn't have a kid, said unto Abram, who didn't have kids also, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee now, go into, go in unto my maid, <laughs> ladies, think about that. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened, hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, stranger, her maid, the Egyptian. After Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and 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 gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, Hagar, in other words, they had sex. And she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, 
her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. Mm -mm. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw, she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. But Abraham said unto Sarai, smart man, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleases, pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. Here's where it gets interesting. And the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence comest thou, and whither goest thou? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit, <laughs> submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall be not numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son. And shall call his name Ishmael. Because the Lord. Uh, listen to that. Because the Lord has heard. Thy affliction. Yes the Lord hears your prayers. And he will be a wild man. And his hand will be against every man. And every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called. Listen to this. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her. Listen to this. That, this, this is a sermon right here. Thou God seest me the God who sees you everybody say the God who sees me for she said have I also here looked after him that seeth me wherefore the well was called Berlachairoi behold it is between Kadesh and Bered the God who sees you let us pray Heavenly Father thank you it's an old story but needed for a new audience I have brothers and sisters here who need a fresh word from you. And I pray, God, that you speak to them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Back in high school, it took time to gain popularity it took time to be to be known it, it took time to uh, to get to hang out with the cool kids you know about the cool kids everybody wants to hang out with them they they have the reputation they get all the girls the cool kids it took time and uh, for real, Dickie, it, it took time and, uh, and I felt, I felt that I wasn't seen. I felt like nobody saw me, right? I, I felt like the girl could not see me. <laughs> she didn't see me. I, I felt like I was obscure. To make matters worse, every time I would go on the basketball court and, and, and you know, we're playing pickup basketball. For those of you who know basketball, I love basketball. In fact, I played almost every week. And, 
and, and there we are choosing teams and usually the, 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 the best players were the ones who were chosen to be captains, right? And so the two best players are the captains and then they get to choose who is going to be on their team. I always always pick last. Always pick last. I felt like I wasn't seen. Do you feel like you're not seen? Sometimes, right? Maybe you're not seen in your house. Maybe you're not seen at your job. The promotion always seems to pass over you. Maybe the brother or the sister ain't seeing you. <laughs> Even when you text, it's a seen zone. You're not seen. Now you understand what I'm saying? We have two women in, in, in verse number one of Genesis chapter 16 who are not seen. The first woman, her name is Sarai. She is, her name means princess. And she doesn't have children. She doesn't have the joy of carrying a baby. She doesn't have a joy of breastfeeding a baby. And she is 75 years old. In her society, not having a kid meant that you didn't fulfill your role as a woman. And so she, she's not seen in society. Now, she has a husband, Abram, who name, whose name means uh, exalted father. But he's not exalted because he doesn't have kids. And so she is not seen. Her husband is not seen. And then she has a, a maid who is from Egypt, who means a stranger. She's living in a foreign country. Definitely she's not seen. Feels like an outcast of society. And the question has to be, what, what is it that you must do when you are not seen? What is it you must do when you don't feel recognized? What is it you must do when you feel like you are not satisfying the, the society expectations? You, you are not yet at the place you're expected to be. Your career is not where it's supposed to be. Your, your marriage life is not where it's supposed to be. Your education is not where it's supposed to be. What do you do when things are not where they're supposed to be? When you feel like I'm not seen, I'm not recognized. Education, not there. Career, not there. Business, not there. Society standards, you are below them. You, you, are, you are not seen. And you see what happens that when we feel like we are not meeting certain society standards, you know what we do? We plan and we make moves so that we can be seen. You don't have an education, so what do you do? You go to school so that you can get an education, so that you can get that uh, recognition. Now, you understand what I'm saying? You don't have a husband or wife, what do you do? You, you get married so that you can meet that society expectation. So when we feel like we are not seen, we make a plan to be seen. Am I preaching or am I preaching? You see, Sarah... Sarai makes a plan to be seen and, and so she goes to her beloved husband Abram her beloved husband he he never complained one day Sarah you haven't given me a, wife, a, a child what well, you are a useless woman he never said that he really loved her she was dear to him but the wife she is thinking to herself she is so worried she's thinking about her husband and she's saying I need to do something for my husband I need him to finally be 
this exalted father. He is not living up to his name. So she goes to Abraham. And I'm sure she came in there. She was looking really nice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm sure she cooked uh, Abraham his favorite meal. So he was, a, he was a fool and he was satisfied. They say the quickest way to a man's heart is through his stomach, right? Uh, and he's eaten because Abraham uh, was, a, was, a, was a type of individual that loved to, to feel good. And so Sarah made sure that Abraham was, was feeling good. And she comes to him, honey. Honey, you know, honey, the, the, the reality is I'm never going to give you kids. I know God said you're going to be this father. He's going to give you a multitude of many nations, right? Remember last week, right? God is going to give me. You know, Abraham, I understand that you believe in God and that's all good. But, you know, Abraham, um, I have a plan. My maid, she's single. She's so faithful and committed. Besides... According to the law, it's okay. You know what I mean? It was okay. Why don't you take my maid? Hey, it's okay. I won't mind. You know, if you want to go to the, to, the, to the holiday inn, if you want to go to uh, this holiday, I don't mind. Right? I just want you to have a kid. And she says, look, perhaps because of her, I will build a family for you, right? And so because she's not seen in society, she's trying to make a plan so that she can be seen. Oh, you don't know what I'm saying? What I'm, what I'm saying? But allow me to tell you, just because society says yes, it doesn't mean God says yes. Just because it is legal, it doesn't mean it is loyal to God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's right in society may not be right in God's eyes. It is a right to drink alcohol, but God, it ain't all right. It is a right in society to have an abortion, but for God, it ain't all right. I understand what I'm saying. Just because it is legal, it doesn't make it loyal to the will of God. And so Sarah is, 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 is making her husband commit adultery because society says it's okay. Ooh. And so she is thinking because society says, yes, it's okay for my husband. But she hasn't taken the time to think, is God okay with this? Now, now, she wants to be seen, right? She wants society to see her. She doesn't feel, uh, she doesn't feel like she's seen. And so she's going to try to do whatever it takes so that she can be seen. Allow me to make this fundamental point, all right? Some things in society need to be rejected. Some things in society need to be received. And some things in society need to be redeemed. Right? There are some things in society, right? People have written books. Uh, these are good moral books, and they teach us, like, somebody like Confucius and, and some great Indonesian uh, writer or whatever has given us a good book. It is not spiritual, it is not biblical, but it is good for us. We can receive that and redeem that and make it something that is suitable for us. Are you understand what I'm saying? But there are some things when society presents them to us, we need to be saying, nah, nah, this I cannot accept. Because everything legal is not loyal to the will of God. So Sarai um, finally gives her husband 
And he gives them the okay. Ladies, can you think about that for a moment? <laughs> she, she gives the husband the okay to sleep with another woman. <laughs> right? Ladies, would you do that? <laughs> I, I mean, you want to have a kid. And so if he sleeps with this woman, you're going you're gonna to have a kid. Right? And she says, yeah, that's all right. It's, it's logical. Right? But, but I want you to say something. She says, go into my maid. In other words, it's Sarah is not saying, I want you to develop a relationship with her. I just want you to have a transactional uh, situation with her. Just have sex with her. That's all. It's over. It's done with. That's what she was thinking because she is still the wife. <laughs> right? No woman, no wife, ladies, wants to be wife number two, right? So she's saying, look, you, you, you do that, but make sure that it's just that. There's no more giving of flowers. You're not going to be texting her. You're not going to be spending time with her. None of that. You just, you see, just a surrogate mother for me. <laughs> So it happens, and, and the situation, I don't want to get too graphic about it, but, you know, they, 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 they do their do, and they do their deed, and, and now uh, Hagar, the stranger, feels like uh, she's pregnant now. She can see that baby bump, right? She can see it. She's moving. She's walking. And now she feels like I'm wife number one. She can't give Abraham kids, I'm giving him kids. And so the Bible says she started to poke her nose at her, at, at her, at her mistress. And I'm sure, I just want to imagine it, as Sarah is saying to Hagar, Hagar, can you please help me and go buy groceries at, at Grand Indonesia? Nah, I'm pregnant. I'm the wife of Abraham. Have you forgotten that? Hagar, can you uh, please cook food? No, I can't. I'm tired. You know, I'm carrying Abraham's baby. Hagar, uh, you know what? I had a hard day. You know, can, can you please travel to North Jakarta? And, and I, Sarah, wow, have you, come on, Sarah, why are you disturbing my peace? I am, I am the wife of Abraham, your husband. Have you forgotten that? So Sarah's plan to be seen becomes something that is hurtful now. The Bible says she was not seen, she was despised. Right? She wasn't seen. She wanted to be seen, right? She, she wanted people to see her in society that she is a woman who has kids. But she doesn't achieve her dream. Instead of being seen, she is furthermore unseen. Her, her reputation, her, her sense of self-worth is, is going down the drain. And, and now she's not only not seen by society, but her own maid doesn't see her. So hear me carefully, my brother and my sister. Let me put it to you straight. When you try to achieve things that are legal but not loyal to God, there's always going to be pain with that. Because yes, you might achieve it, but trust me, you're going to lose something. Maybe it's, a, it's an investment you're going to lose. Maybe it's your sense of self-worth you're going to lose. Maybe you might lose a relationship. I don't know what it is. But when you cut, you, 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 you take shortcuts and you don't do according to the will of God, allow me to tell you today by the testimony of this text that you're going to suffer pain. 
And Sarah is suffering pain. And so what she must do about this painful situation, Brother Johannes, what she should do. And so she goes. She went to her husband first when he was, uh, she butted him up and gave this plan. He listened to this plan. But then she goes to her husband and she says, Abraham, Abraham, it's your fault. Now, <laughs> ladies, I imagine that Abraham was probably watching TV, right? He was watching TV. Maybe he was watching his sheep, right? He was, he was, he was, he was doing something. She comes to Abraham. Abraham, I got something to tell you. You know what? What I'm going through right now, my wrong is because of you. I'm sure Abraham is thinking, ah, Sarah, you are the one who suggested this woman to me. <laughs> now, I'm the one to blame? Hey. <laughs> Husbands, yeah, listen to this. This is, this is woman psychology right here, right? She is the one who suggested it, but he's the one to blame. She, she says, look, in, in the Hebrew, she says, my Hamas is upon you. In other words, my violence. In other words, you are hurting me. You are abusing me. How am I abusing you? I'm not Hagar saying those things. No, no, no. You are the one. When we take shortcuts... We, we, we develop a, a false sense of blame, right? We, 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 we find excuses. We, we, we try to put other people as the ones who are wrong. When it was us who made the choice, who told you to date him? Who told you to apply for that job? Who did that? You did it. But who is to blame? Your mom, your dad? How, how is that logical? But Abraham was a smart man. <laughs> Husbands, Abraham was a smart man. He says, look, uh, the reality is Hagar... Is your maid, not mine, last time I checked. So look, you, you, you deal with it the way you wish. Right? Now look at what Abraham is doing. Abraham is removing himself from the picture. He's seeing two women fighting. Right? He says, I don't want to get in the middle of this cat fight <laughs> and get scratched up. So I'm going to back away. I'm going to let her deal with this particular situation. Abraham is not being a man. He's not taking responsibility. Because Abraham was in charge of these two women. And Abraham could have found a way to resolve it. But Abraham says, Sarah, do you know my wife? <laughs> if, I, if I don't let her have her way, I'm not going to sleep for days. So, Sarah mistreats Hagar. The text doesn't tell us what she did to mistreat her. But I believe that it was making her life as miserable as possible. She made her feel that she was a slave. You understand what I mean? She made her feel that she was from Egypt. She made her... She, she, in fact, the Bible says she oppressed her. Right? In other words, she put her in a situation. Maybe she gave her more work to do. Maybe she didn't uh, allow her to get enough rest. I don't know what she did, but you, you know, uh, when, when somebody wants to get you, they, they can do whatever to you. And so Hagar and Sarah to get back at the fact that she's not seen, right? Because she felt, look at this, she felt that the fact that my husband is, is with another woman, it means that my husband no longer sees me. I'm no longer the love of his life. And, and so to take care of this, she says, I'm going to put all of my pain, all of my anger on you. Could it be that uh, when things are not working out in our lives and 
things are not going the way they should, we, we hurt people in the process, right? The people that should not be hurt, we hurt them. We say mean things to them. We oppress them. And you know, we can oppress people in very interesting ways. We can deny them what is rightfully theirs. We can keep them from maybe seeing someone they should be seeing. Uh, we can uh, maybe delay their pay. I don't know what it is, but we can find creative ways to make it clear to somebody that, yeah, I'm in charge. Sarah is saying to Hagar, I'm the boss. You are the maid. I'm the mistress. I run things around here. And so Sarah is trying to make sure that at least she may not be seen in society. She may not be seen in, in the eyes of Hagar. But at least her husband has to recognize who she is. At least in my house, I should be seen, right? In my house, I should have my place. In my house, I should feel like, yes, I am worthy of honor. I am worthy to be this princess because that's what her name, Sarah, meant. And so my brother and my sister, allow me to tell you once again. You see, we have to be careful that when we attempt to do things that God doesn't approve, legal but not loyal, it's just a downward trajectory and, and things are not going to work out. We're going to end up hurting people in the process. But allow me to move this story along a little bit further. And this is what happens in verse number 7. The Bible says, Now the angel of the Lord found her because Sarah ran away. The Bible says, Now the angel of the Lord found her. Listen to this. He found her. In other words, Sarah, uh, Hagar took off. Uh, follow me, my brother, my sister, follow me. Hagar, the stranger, left a strange home and she takes off and she's running. And the Bible says that she was going to Shur. Verse number seven, the Bible says, The angel of the Lord found her by the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. Now, think about this for a moment. She is alone. She has left home. Abraham is not looking for her sister, Yannette. Sarah is not looking for her. No one is looking for her. She is alone. She is far away from home. But the Bible says the angel of the Lord found her. And I began to understand when no one sees you, God is always looking. And God wants you to come to the place where you feel like you are alone for him to step in and for him to say, I see you. You don't have a job. I see it. You don't have a career. I see it. You don't have money. I see it. I see you. And God always comes and he finds us at a place where we are alone. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord found her on the way to Shur. You know what the word Shur means? It means wall. Because in the time of, of, of Hagar, the Egyptians had built a wall. Right, they have built a wall to protect their northern border. And so Sarah, who Hagar, who is from Egypt, is running back to Egypt, but she comes to the place we call Shur. In other words, she comes to the wall. So the, the, the point of the story is this Hagar is left uh, Sarah and Abraham. She's trying to go home, but there is a wall. She is in no man's land. My brother, my sister, yes, sometimes in life. We hit a wall. We hit a wall. And it's, it's those moments when you have hit a wall that God sees you the most. When the plans are not working out. 
When your family may not be in the right relationship. When, when you feel like you don't know what to do. That's when God comes. Are you on a wall right now? Are you trying to climb the wall? Are you trying to get over it? Allow me to tell you that God sees you at that particular moment. He, he sees the efforts that you're making. He sees the energy that you're putting into uh, trying to get over that wall. You see, Sarah Hagar was trying to go back to her old life. And some of us, when uh, we feel like no one sees us and we have hit that wall, we, we try to go back to the old life. Maybe the old relationship was the best and so you try to do your best to go back. Maybe the old job was the best, so you try to do your best to go back. But my brother, my sister, let me tell you something. There is no use in going back. Because when you go back, you're going to hit a wall. But the beauty is God finds you at the place when you hit a wall. Because God says, I am here and I can help you overcome and climb over this wall. And so Abraham, uh, the angel of the Lord, says to Hagar, he says, Hagar, Hagar, where, where are you going? Where are you coming from and where are you going in verse number 8? And, and, and so Hagar does not answer the question where she is going because she has hit a wall. But she answers the question where she's coming from. She says, I'm coming from <laughs> Sarah. I'm running away from her. Oh. And then this is what God says to her in verse number 9. Listen to this. God says to her in verse number 9, return. He says, God says to, 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 to Hagar, Hagar, he says, Hagar, Sarah's maid. Right? Hagar, Sarah's maid. That's significant. He says, Hagar, Sarah's maid, return to your mistress. Uh, return where? The one who's oppressing me? Yes. I want you to return and I want you to submit to her. Oh, hey, this is a powerful moment. You see, my brother and my sister, hear me carefully. This you cannot miss. You need to take this to the bank. You see, God sometimes blesses you when things are hard. Okay, you're not getting that. So allow me to, 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 to break this down because this is sermon coming alive. You, you need to take this home with you. This is your take home. You see, when you're in a job that the boss doesn't like you, sometimes God says, remain in that job. Because it is God's intention that wherever you are, as long as he's with you, he'll bless you. Okay, amen to you, Jesus. Because I, I don't know, it seems like the sermon is for me because I'm, I'm getting this right now. My brother, my sister, allow me to tell you, do not quit. Do not run away when things are hard. Because God will tell you, return where you've left and make sure that you submit to your boss. Be respectful. Come in on time. Do your job. Don't complain. Because when you do that, God is able to work things out in such a way that he can bless you. So God tells Hagar. Because God is seeing her, right? He's seeing her in that situation. Listen to this. God tells Hagar. He says to her. In, in, oh, this is beautiful. He says to her in verse number 10. I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. In other words, he says, you're going to have many children. But you can only do this under the protection of Abraham. You need a man in your life so that he can give you a home so that you can have these kids. That was the logic of God. And God tells Sarah, he says, and you are with a kid. And I want you to call that kid the name Ishmael. In other words, God has heard you. 
have seen your struggles. I know that you're facing difficulties. But I can see you and I can hear you. And your prayer is answered. And allow me to tell you this beautiful thing. Hagar was on the run. She wasn't praying. She wasn't on her knees. She was on the run. But sometimes when we are on the run, God understands that as a prayer. And God runs after us to answer the prayer. Amen. Sometimes you are not on your knees. But God knows you are praying. Sometimes when you're walking in the mall and and you're wondering how I'm going to pay the bills, God knows this is her prayer. So let me answer the prayer. I don't know. Maybe you're walking and then you see something on the bottom of your foot and it is money the Lord has provided. I don't know. sometimes you, you're wondering Lord I need a resource speaker I need somebody to do this and, and you, you check on your, on your DM and the person says do you need help even when we're not praying God is able to understand that that is a prayer and so God uh, deploys what I call his personal assistant the angel of the Lord and according to our understanding the angel of the Lord is not the Lord is like the Lord Jesus Christ before he became Jesus and so he comes and he's there with us my brother my sister the Bible says we have a heavenly high priest Jesus who was tempted in all points just as like we are but yet without sin in other words Jesus understands Jesus understands he knows what it means not to be seen he was a, <laughs> you can say he was, he was a failed teacher actually. He just got 12. One of them uh, <laughs> didn't even pass, committed suicide. You can say that Jesus was a failed teacher, right? He was killed. He wasn't popular among the Jewish leaders. They didn't see him. And sometimes it's like that. But the beautiful thing is that God always comes at that moment. And so God tells Sarah, I mean Hagar, the stranger, call your name Ishmael. And the Bible says that to me when I think about this, that when she had this baby called Ishmael, when she's rocking him to sleep and she's breastfeeding him and he's being difficult like kids can be, giving a sleepless night. God has heard my prayer. Her son was her answered prayer. What is it in your life that is your answered prayer? What is it? Perhaps your answered prayer is a husband or a wife. The one who you are with every day, right? Sometimes he makes you mad. He he makes you angry. But that's your answered prayer. You pray for that and God gave you. Sometimes you're tired and your, your job is, is, is sometimes annoying and you, you don't want to see your co-workers. But that job is a reminder that God heard your prayer. God hears prayers. God sees you. And so, to end this particular uh, preaching moment, allow me to just make it a little sweet for you. Sarah says... Uh, Hagar rather I keep mixing this up but allow me to tell you Hagar says this is a wonderful declaration she says you are the God who sees me Abraham doesn't see me Sarah doesn't see me but you are the God who sees me and also you hear my prayer this is an Egyptian woman 
but it tells me that it doesn't matter if you are a pastor it doesn't matter if you're a spiritual person it doesn't matter what your station in life is God sees you and he can hear your prayer I don't know what prayers you have I don't know what needs you have but allow me to tell you today God can see you yes he can see you and only if you say Lord I'm here please help me give me your grace then he's going to do something for you you see I told you that I wasn't popular in high school I was always picked last on the basketball team <clears throat> but God did something wonderful in my life he put the burden to be a pastor in my life and in order to be a pastor I had to study theology and therefore I went to theology school and then when I got into theology school the theology basketball team needed a basketball captain and guess who they chose I became a captain of the basketball team what am I trying to tell you get your life right with God and you're gonna be seen in life God bless you